Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, well, hey, everybody. Hello, my name is Tim, or as they say in Rwanda, Maraho. Can you say that? Maraho. You just said hello. I want to take you today on a special trip to the heart of Africa, to a tiny country that actually my heart has been captured by, and I hope it's going to capture your heart too. And that country is Rwanda. Can we say that? Rwanda. Yeah, my wife Colleen and I had the chance to travel with a team of liquid leaders this summer to this tiny African country on a vision trip for our campaign Saturate. And one of the reasons we named this vision campaign Saturate is because our church has a passion for bringing clean water, drinking water, to thirsty children and families all around the globe. And clean water really is part of our three-part vision, our Saturate vision here at Liquid. In week one, we've talked about our plans to saturate our state with new campuses. In the last two weeks, We've explored the special compassion that we have as a church for children with special needs and for the urban poor. We have this vision to serve one million meals and feed the hungry and the homeless across the streets and cities of our state. But today, this third part of our saturate vision really ripples out far beyond New Jersey, far beyond the United States to a whole nother continent and focuses on a basic human need that we all have, and that is clean water. Something you and I kind of take for granted, right? You and I get thirsty, we turn on the tap, water comes right out. But did you know this? Right now, 660 million people on the planet lack access to clean, safe drinking water. That's one in 10 people in the world. Today on your way in, you may have had a chance to pick up one of these jerry cans. And if you visit Rwanda, you're going to see these all over the place because people use them to haul water for their families. Well, our Saturate campaign imagines a day when every person on the planet has access to safe drinking water. And the nation of Rwanda has an inspiring goal. They want to become the first country in the history of Africa with 100% access to clean water. 100% saturation in a land of a thousand hills. That's the nickname of Rwanda because it's made up of mountains. And it was really interesting because as we looked at the land of a thousand hills, Colleen and I, we spent dozens of hours in the back of a Land Rover, kind of bumping up and down, crisscrossing this beautiful country, and we're so excited to share with you what we learned. Even more exciting, some of you are going to have a chance next year to go to Rwanda in 2016 as we take our first clean water team there as part of our Saturate campaign. So today, I want you to buckle up. We're going to be going on a road trip. Now, the roadmap kind of for our journey, as always, comes from the Word of God. So I'm going to invite you to take your Bible or flip in your phone to Genesis chapter 21. This is the passage that God gave me, actually, on the plane to Rwanda. It's a 17-hour flight, by the way, okay? So you have a lot of time to, like, pray and think. And, and I was reading the, my Bible, and I had a very simple prayer flying into Kigali. I wasn't just praying for safety. I said, God, when I land in Rwanda, would you help me see what you see? Would you break my heart with what breaks yours? That's a dangerous prayer, by the way. And before we landed, God led me to Genesis 21. It's a story about a little boy who's thirsty. His name's Ishmael. And Ishmael was Abraham's first son, and he was born to Hagar. That was Abraham's wife's servant. And this is kind of a little background of what you're going to read. You may know that God promised Abraham many descendants. He said, you're going to have a big family, Abraham, but there's just one problem. His wife, Sarah, couldn't conceive, and so she gave her servant girl, Hagar, to act as a surrogate to her husband. 
So Hagar gives birth to this little boy named Ishmael. And and when Sarah gives birth to a son of her own, Isaac, she becomes jealous. And so she kind of kicks Hagar and her son Ishmael out of the tribe. So this is like a, a tribal conflict we're about to read about. And that's where the story picks up. There's a little boy and his mom being sent away to go live in the desert on their own. Genesis 21 verse 14 says this. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a what? Let's say this together. A skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and she sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I can't watch the boy die. And as she sat there, what did she do? She began to sob. So stop. This is what you call a desperate situation. You have a mother and her child living in a dry, barren country. And they run out of water. And let me tell you something. When dehydration happens, children are the first ones impacted. Her son is literally dying of thirst underneath a bush. And she says, I can't watch my boy die. And as she sat there, she starts to sob. This is a mother's heart. If you're a parent, I want you to imagine right now, your son or daughter is that one in ten who lack access to clean water. It shatters Hagar's heart. But notice, it touches somebody else's heart too. Look at the next verse. It says, God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand, for I will make him into what? Say it together. A great nation. See, one of the things that we're learning through this Saturate series is that the God of the Bible is not a God of just anger and wrath and punishment. He's a God of extraordinary compassion, of love and mercy and grace. And when he sees people who are suffering, particularly children, he is moved to action. And so God sees this little boy. He's dying of thirst in the desert. And he says, I see your tears. And I'm going to provide something for you. I'm going to perform a miracle. I will not only give you water, I'm going to give you a future. I'm going to give you a destiny. You have a part to play in my great story. And so you realize God is in this business of of saving and comforting and blessing afflicted people. But here's the verse that really opened my eyes in Rwanda, verse 19. It says, then God opened Hagar's eyes, and let's say it together, she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up. Don't miss this. Your father in heaven, out of his incredible mercy, he sees a little boy without a drink and he provides miraculously a well so that he can have drinking water. And Ishmael not only survived, watch this, he thrived. He became the ancestor to many of the Arab countries and nations still flourishing today. And guys, touching down in Kigali, I honestly believe that God handpicked this story to open my eyes on the flight into Rwanda, to answer my prayer. God, break my heart with what breaks yours. Let me see what you see. Because like the setting here in Genesis, Rwanda is a dry place. If you don't know where it is, it's located right in the heart of Africa, but it's sub-Saharan Africa. And locals told me a joke. They said, well, we have three seasons. There's rainy season, there's dry season, and there's very dry season. (laughs) 
when the mountain streams dry up and all water becomes very scarce. And do you know what the most precious commodity in the world is? Natural element, precious commodity, is it oil? That would be very American of you to say, no. It's water, drinking water. In Africa, the saying goes like this, water is life. Literally, a matter of life and death. And right now, 30% of Rwanda lacks access to safe, clean drinking water, especially the rural regions. And so I was like, God, hey, while I'm here, would you just open my eyes like Hagar, not just to see a well, but help me see the face of one single child who is thirsty. Let me see one child like Ishmael who's dying for a drink of water, a child that you created, you loved, and you want, and you want to save. Because when I hear about the global water crisis, the numbers are overwhelming to me, like 660 million people without water. What is that? So I said, God, open my eyes and let me see one child to make this personal. And that's when we met Margarita. Our truck was approaching Gasharu, a little village on the outskirts of Ruhango, and we got out of the truck, and there she was. She's 11 years old. She's the same age as my son. And she was carrying one of these, a jerry can, to fetch water for her family. See, five times a day, Margarita fills a 40-pound jerry can and fills it with contaminated water from a local source. Really, it's a mud puddle. That's a runoff from the mountain where she lives. And then she makes the long walk up the hill to her family farm, and it's a walk she has made thousands of times. So we asked Margarita, we said, hey, can we walk along with you? And Margarita's very shy. So she looked at our translator and quietly said, Yego, which means yes. So this is a traditional water source in the village of Gasharu in the Ruhanga district of Rwanda. And as you can see, she's filling up her jerry can. In America, when we want a glass of water, we turn on the tap, it comes right out. But here in Gasharu, this is what they drink. Margarita is making a head wrap out of her scarf, and that's to cushion the weight of the jerry can on her head. The jerry can carries about five gallons of water. That's 40 pounds to you and me, and it is heavy. But every day, Margarita makes the walk for clean water. Every day in Rwanda, children walk miles, some of them three and four hours to fetch water, dirty water for their families that they know will make their family sick, but they have no other choice. This is Margarita, and she's walking all the way from the traditional water source down the hill, up the hill in this land of a thousand hills. But we are gonna saturate this country by God's grace. Our goal is to give girls like Margarita water for life in Jesus' name. You know, it's even more beautiful than the country of Rwanda, the people, especially Margarita. I actually now have a picture of her on my desk alongside my children. And every time I get up to go grab a drink, I think about what she goes through. I think of 
that muddy swamp where for 50 years the people in her village have been drawing water. It's full of bugs and scum and insects. It's the same place where local farmers water their cows and their goats whose germs and defecation turn the water toxic. It's full of leeches and parasites. And, and we talked to local mothers who pointed to their children and they said, can you imagine being forced to serve your child this? You won't be surprised to learn that at any given time, half of the world's hospital beds are filled with people who are sick from waterborne illness. Children are the most vulnerable. Where Margarita lives, let me tell you what normal is. Normal is chronic diarrhea, dysentery, cholera, worms and parasites. This week, this week, right now, while you were at work or school, 30,000 children died from an unsafe water. 30,000. 90% of those deaths were in kids under five years old. To put that in perspective, diseases from dirty water kill more children every year than all forms of violence, including war. In other words, it's a global epidemic that's more deadly than terrorism. And guys, we all know where you live shouldn't determine whether you live, but it does, doesn't it? So I took a walk with Margarita. I literally got a chance to walk a mile in her shoes, and let me tell you, it was tough because each of these, this one's full, each of these jerry cans carries five gallons. It weighs about 40 pounds. I saw some of you struggling to lift it on your way in. Man, you got to get to the gym, all right? Because as you probably saw, Margarita actually carries it on her head, and wherever we went, I tried to kind of fit in. The, the women at one village, they challenged me. They said, no, you carry it on your head, you know. It didn't go so well, you know. The water ended up all over me. I kind of blamed my big hair, you know. And a lot of the women kept pointing. They kept pointing as I was trying to do this. And they're like, mzungu, mzungu. And, and I thought that translated to, you know, balance. Keep your balance. And our translator was like, no, it means white dude. <laughs> you know? We, we laugh. But it's a cruel joke because in Africa, catch this, people spend 40 billion hours a year collecting water. It's a burden that mostly carried by women and children that they bear. See, Margarita doesn't attend school. Why not? Well, there's a school there because her job is five times a day, I can't even lift it, <laughs> fetching water, sacrificing her education, her health and her future for water that she knows is going to make her family sick. Why? She has no other choice. She has no way of getting at the fresh, clean water that runs 300 to 600 feet underground. So together, we walked hand in hand up the hill to her father's farm. Very humble dwelling with two cows. That's Margarita's father. He's very, very proud of her. Like Ishmael, Margarita is actually his firstborn child. And I said through our translator, I said, hey, could, could we share Margarita's picture and her story with our church back in the United States? And he said quietly, on one condition, if you promise to come back, and bring clean water to our family. And so we looked at our translator, and we said, Yego, which means yes. Who wants to bring Margarita water for life in a brand new well in Jesus' name? <laughs> Guys, this is our vision. This is our vision, water for life in Jesus' name. We want to bring Margarita and thousands of children like her clean drinking water for life. We want to do for her family what God did for Hagar's in Genesis 21. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And so we pledged right there for Liquid's first clean water well to be in Margarita's village. 
Our dream, guys, is to come alongside thousands of Rwandans and make history. To help Rwanda become the first country in Africa with 100% access to clean drinking water. Water for life, for everyone, everywhere, in Jesus' name. And that's important in Jesus' name. Because Christ is the one who inspired us to do this. See, see we don't do this because, like, we're humanitarians. We don't do this because, like, oh, social justice. We don't do this because we're good people. We do it because we're God's people, amen? And here at Liquid, we take the Bible seriously. It was seven years ago when our church first read the words of Christ in Matthew 10. Jesus said, if anyone gives a cup of cold water to just one of these little ones, they will not lose their reward in heaven. And we took Christ's words to heart. You should know that about liquid people. We literally believe the Bible and we actually do what Jesus says. It's, it's more than social justice. It's your faith in action. It's traveling to the ends of the earth to provide water and the living water, the word of God, the gospel of Jesus, which saves both body and soul together. And so our vision, guys, is to partner with local churches and Rwandan pastors and serve their communities, which is a great platform for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, when people get clean water and they get the living water, the word of God, the gospel, they flourish, they rejoice because they know they're not forgotten. They know God is with me. Just like the villagers in Ruhango who received a new water well from our partners at Living Water International. The effect is transformational. When we arrived at that village, all of the community came out to celebrate. We were surrounded by singing and dancing. And let me tell you something, Rwandans know how to party. I'm here in the Rohongo district of eastern Rwanda where the entire village has come out. This clean water well, it's a hand pump well, it serves 600 households. This is just about two years old and the community has come together. They've saved about $500, which is an extraordinary amount in, in, uh, here in Rwanda. And that allows them to do maintenance and repairs. So there's ownership of the entire community here. And this is fresh, clean, filtered drinking water. Safe for the children and all the families in Ruhango. Isn't that fun? Isn't that a cool thing? It's an awesome thing to do. Clean water is cause for celebration. Like you heard, that well in Ruhango serves 600 people every day. And let me tell you, what happens when a village gets clean water? Life changes for them in five ways. First thing, that walk for water that used to take three hours, it now takes 10 minutes. And that water that they're given is now safe to drink. A hygiene worker, secondly, comes and, and teaches basic hygiene. We set up hand washing stations, latrines, and all of a sudden disease rates get cut in half. Local women then join the water committee. They're responsible for protecting and caring for the water source. And let me tell you, in Africa, as a woman, this may be the first local leadership position they experience. It's a powerful thing. Water empowers women. Last thing is your kids, all of a sudden, they get more time in school instead of walking for water or being sick. They actually graduate to become teachers and nurses and, and business owners. And then, actually, there's a ripple effect. This isn't the last thing. This is the last thing. A nearby village gets wind of it. 
like margaritas, and they see how your village changed, and they, they kind of petition for a water project, and that whole cycle begins again. Guys, this is literally life-saving, life-changing work, taking Jesus at his word. And so our partners at Living Water International, as well as Rwandan pastors, they have asked for your help. They know the impact that you guys have made, that our church has had in the clean water cause. Since 2008, Liquid Church has now sent over 230 water warriors to the ends of the earth. Haiti, El Salvador, Nicaragua, bringing clean water to some of the poorest people on the planet. And as of this date, Liquid has now completed 62 clean water wells serving 30,000 people around the world. That's an awesome thing. I want to thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. As a church, you have donated over $1.75 million to serve thousands of thirsty children around the globe. Eradicating disease, elevating health in Jesus' name. But let me tell you something. In 2016, we are upping our commitment to the clean water cause. We accepted the invitation to come to Rwanda. And by God's grace, we are going to help them reach that last 30% and achieve 100% saturation. So through our Saturate campaign, we have decided to give them an incredible gift. We're not just giving them one or two wells. We are purchasing a deep bore drill rig that looks like this to bring clean water to remote regions like where Margarita lives. And here's the exciting part. Our new rig in Rwanda has the capacity to drill four wells every week. Do the math. 52 weeks, how many? 200 wells every year. We were on the ground, we actually had a chance to visit with a living water drill team and see them hit water, and we talked about the impact a brand new rig could have on communities. I'm here in the village of Kabambati with Moses, who is the project coordinator here of a live well that's going in right now. How far down are we right now, Moses? We have drilled to 60 meters. 60 meters, and you have an appropriate name. <laughs> Moses drew water from the rock, and we're gonna see that hopefully today. <laughs> Where are you originally from, Moses? I'm from Kenya. From Kenya, very yes. good. And how about yourself, Bosco? Rwanda. Rwanda by Kigali? Mm -hmm. Okay. Rwanda. Rwanda? Rwanda? Yes, I'm from Rwanda too. You'll notice that the living water team here in Kabambati, actually the majority of them are from Rwanda, very close to Kigali. We're on the outskirts right now, and this village in Kabambati has requested a well. They actually came in to the Living Water office here in Rwanda and requested that. And so we're putting it in a strategic place. It's right next to a church, a school, and it's gonna fill the entire community. For us to have a new machine, it means that more people will be reached with water. Yeah, and uh, more communities will get access to clean water. So no more traveling to the valley to get water. Absolutely. Yeah. Liquid Church, let's help saturate Rwanda. Isn't that cool? Can, can you see Hagar's vision in Genesis? God opened her eyes, and what did she see? A well of water. We literally, guys, see hundreds of wells saturating Rwanda in the years to come. And I understand you may be wondering, like, hey, what's wrong with the rig we just saw in the video? 
That rig you saw is old and outdated. In fact, it only functions at half capacity. But the new rig that we're purchasing is a beast. <laughs> it is called the PRD650, and, and it goes down deep. See, Rwanda is different than the other countries we've done water projects in in two distinct ways, depth and distance. Depth. Our recent team to Nicaragua, they hit water at 150 feet down. This rig drills down 600 feet. That is the equivalent of two football fields down into the earth where the aquifers are. And as you know, distance-wise, land of a thousand hills, it's a mountainous terrain. And this current rig, if, if you're kind of into mechanics, is actually two trucks. It is, it's the compressor and it's the drill itself, which means two drivers, double the gas, double the, double the cost, and actually half the efficiency. Well, this new rig that we're buying, it's actually one truck. It's both compressor and drill in one, meaning one driver using half the gas, and it runs seven days a week. So we're going to double the capacity, bringing more water to more Rwandans. Now, it's a big investment. This drill rig costs a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, okay? But it has the capacity to do 200 wells every year. You know what that means? It means literally thousands of children like Margarita are going to get clean water in Jesus' name over the next decade. So you make some noise if you're ready to make history in Rwanda. Can you make some noise? It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. And when I think about it, I'm like, wouldn't it be just like God to make history in this tiny nation of all nations? I mean, as some of you know, Rwanda has a very dark history. And then you see the uh, movie Hotel Rwanda. Do you remember that movie? You may remember that in 1994, Rwanda went through a horrific genocide that killed one million people in 100 days. Radical Hutu militants, uh, they slaughtered 70% of the Tutsi population in the most barbaric way. They actually used machetes to maim, mutilate, and murder their fellow countrymen. Neighbors massacred neighbors, and some Hutu husbands were actually forced to kill their Tutsi wives. Unspeakable atrocity. Think about this. One million people dying in 100 days. They were killing at a rate five times faster than the Nazis exterminating Jews at the height of the Holocaust. Unspeakable. And guess what? The world did nothing about it. In 1994, the UN and the United States both stood by and watched the horror unfold. That's 21 years ago. And looking back, Kofi Annan, the UN Secretary General during the genocide, said this. We will not deny that in their greatest hour of need, the world failed the people of Rwanda. Guys, we cannot fail Rwanda this time around. The genocide of 1994 left the country in tatters, and that's what makes its miraculous turnaround today all the more remarkable. 21 years later, Rwanda is now the number one safest country on the continent of Africa. We were blown away. We did not expect what we saw. Kigali is cleaner than New York City, okay? I realize that's not a very high bar. <laughs> but it is a social and economic transformation. Rwanda now has a stable democratic government led by President Kagame, who has openly embraced democracy and the Christian church as well as the Western market. He is very pro-West. And Rwanda, is incredible, has a very young population. Listen to this. 50% of Rwandans are under the age of 21. 50%. And children are now required to actually learn English because they say that's the language of business. So they've embraced open democracy, term limits, free markets, and education for the next generation. Now, don't get me wrong. Rwanda is still very poor. 90% is subsistence farming. But they have embarked on this incredible journey of peace 
and reconciliation. That stabilized the country for a new generation. See, instead of staying trapped in this cycle of, of violence and revenge, the people chose the path of Christ, forgiveness and reconciliation. And that's where the Christian church comes in. We met with local pastors and, and Christian church leaders, and it was a very humbling to do because they asked us, they said, well, what would you do if your next-door neighbor killed you and your spouse and children, you know? I'm like, uh, forgiveness wouldn't be on the top of my list. They said, but what else can you do? And where would you summon the supernatural power to forgive your enemies? See, guys, only Christianity has this life-changing message. It's only the gospel of Jesus that proclaims God who made you, has forgiven all of your sins, and so you, by his power, can forgive your enemies. It's only the power of Christ that can heal the horrific wounds of genocide and redeem such a dark situation. When we visited with the local pastors and Christian churches, I wasn't prepared for what we experienced. I thought we were going to see a church in tatters, you know, demoralized and kind of limping along. But the Christian church in Rwanda is actually thriving. It's bursting at the seams, new converts every day. We met with pastors from every denomination, from Presbyterian to Baptist, from Anglican to Assemblies of God. And there is this tremendous sense of unity and purpose they have to serve their people. We have actually a lot to learn from them. It is a beautiful partnership. We train their leaders. How do you share the Bible with people who can't read and write? We call it orality training. We help them with evangelism and church planning. One pastor told us that when people come to fetch water at the well next to her church, they hear beautiful music and singing. And they come inside and they say, what is that? And they say, oh, we're singing to, to our creator, Jesus Christ. See, clean water is a unifier. It is a platform that brings church leaders together for their people. And so our saturation strategy is to offer two things. It's to offer clean water and the word of God together. We call it water in the word. And we install those water wells right next to the local churches so that the pastors get the credit. We actually say, hey, we're here because your pastor cares so much about you. He invited us to provide this clean water well because he cares about you. Here's clean water, but watch this. Someday you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. And so he also cares about your soul. And so here's the living water, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can have eternal life. See, guys, it's water and the word together that transforms lives. So this is a key way that the church in Rwanda is helping heal the nation and teach a new generation about the power of forgiveness and unity in Christ. Amen? Amen. It's inspiring to me to see people who've been through so much rise up out of the ashes of genocide full of, of faith, of hope, new dreams for the future. That, that's what we witnessed, new dreams at the Togetherness School. This is a Christian school run by All Souls Church, and it was originally founded for orphans of the genocide. Now, most of the orphans are grown. They're now in their 20s. But they stayed and actually now work at the school as teachers and pastors to educate the next generation. So picture this. Hutu and Tutsi children now sit side by side learning to read and write. They play soccer together. And when we arrive, we actually ask the kids, we say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Here's what they said. <laughs> Today, class, what we want to do is we want to have you draw for us some artwork. We are going to pass out paper and crayons and ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up?
Rwanda may have a dark past, but it has a brilliant future. The children at this preschool, we asked them what they wanted to be when they grow up. Elsie said a doctor. Another said a pilot. And still another has dreams of becoming a senator. Maybe she can fix the United States government. I know when I grow up, I told the kids I have one dream, and that's to be a pastor. One of the benefits of clean water in this community is that the children can begin the day in school where they're learning to read and write. On average, people in Africa will walk two or three hours each day, most of them children walking for clean water. But the reality is now they can receive a full education. They're not only learning their native language, they're learning English as well. So know that when you bring clean water to a village, you're not only elevating the health, you're elevating the educational level, the future of Africa and our world. You know, 21 years ago, these drawings wouldn't have been possible to imagine because there was no future in Rwanda. There was just bloodshed and violence. But now, thanks to the power of the gospel, the next generation is dreaming new dreams. And as I looked at their pictures, it got me thinking about Genesis 21 and Ishmael. God looked down and he saw a little boy without water. He said, I'm going to give you a drink and I'm going to spare your life. And here's the promise I'm going to make you. I will make him into what? a great nation. And I couldn't help but think as I looked at these drawings, these doctor and senator, you know, pilot, maybe one of these children actually is the one who grows up and discovers the cure for cholera. Maybe they become the next senator or president of his nation or, or pastor or, or business leader who transforms the continent of Africa. See, Rwanda is rising, guys, and we are privileged, we are humbled to come alongside our brothers and sisters who are overcoming poverty and hopelessness to achieve 100% saturation of their nation. And guys, it all starts with this. This is where it starts. Clean water for kids in Rwanda. Let me tell you something. In your life groups this week, you're going to love it <laughs> because you're going to fall in love with the people of Rwanda. We're going to be actually passing out the children's drawings. We're going to share photos and stories of some of the folks we met on the ground. And watch this. Your life group leader, a little surprise. They're going to be brewing up a special surprise, a little taste of Rwanda. So don't miss your life group this week. You're in for a cultural experience. But guys, I am like just so jazzed for some of you to experience this firsthand next year. And so let me tell you two ways that you can get involved in the cause. First, you can sign up to go and be among the first team that goes to Rwanda next year. We have a trip tentatively planned for October 2016. We also have one for 2017. So if you're interested, just go to our website, liquidchurch.com. You'll see a web feature. Just click on that link. You give us your contact info, and we'll be in touch with details. But I want you to remember what Jesus said in Acts. He said, my church, remember this? It's going to ripple out in concentric circles. What starts in the city of Jerusalem will go to Judea and Samaria, the counties. But finally, where will the gospel go? To the ends of the earth. And that's where God may be calling some of you to go to a land of a thousand hills, to deliver water and the word in person. Some of you can go, but we need all of you to give. Give generously to the Saturate Vision on Commitment Sunday, November 8th. Guys, this is two weeks away for what we are praying is going to be our largest offering in liquid history. And let me ask you, on behalf of Margarita and the hundreds of children we saw there, give big, give generously. 
Know that a cup of water in Christ's name will not lose its reward. This is literally a life-changing cause, and God willing, we're going to saturate Rwanda as well as New Jersey. Now remember this, saturate, it's a two-year commitment. So what we need you to do is we need you to fill out that commitment card we gave you and bring this to your campus. If you don't have one, pick one up in the lobby, or you can give online at liquidchurch.com. And as you give a pledge that's above and beyond your normal giving, I want you to think about the impact your gift's going to have. Our Saturate campaign is going to fund the purchase of a high-capacity rig that'll drill water wells for the next decade. It's going to fund a WASH program in Rwanda. WASH stands for Water Access, Sanitation, and Hygiene. Our goal is a holistic ministry that is comprehensive, that is local, that is sustainable. And most importantly, we are going to give water for life to Margarita. She gets the first glass. We are going to make good on our pledge to make sure she's the first to get clean water in Jesus' name. Can you see the vision? Can you see it? You see everything that God is calling our church to? Genesis 21 says, then God opened her eyes. She saw a well of water, and God was with the boy as he grew, and he became what? A great nation. And so will Rwanda by God's grace. Amen? If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Praise God. This is the moment where I typically closed in prayer, and I was like, well, obviously I'm going to pray for the people of Rwanda. But actually, I felt led to close in a different way today. While we were visiting the Togetherness School, again, founded to, to serve children of the genocide, orphans, I told the kids about you. I shared a little about Liquid Church. They wanted to know why it's called Liquid. I said, Jesus is the living water, and we've come to give you clean water. They asked about America, and I said to him, I said, does anybody have any more questions? And a little boy raised his hand. His name is Edmund. He's kind of a squirmy, giggly kind of kid. And he said through the translator, he said, can I pray with you? And I said, of course, I'll pray for you. And the translator said, no, 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 no. He asked, can he pray for you? He wants to pray for you in Liquid Church. So Liquid Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. Would you stand together right now, all our campuses, where you are? We're going to let our friend Edmund say our closing prayer. out, grab the hand of the person next to you right now, all our campuses, just grab hands. Father God, right now in prayer, we thank you for Edmund and Margarita. Father, every one of your children are precious. We thank you for those who love you and those who need the gift of clean water. Right now, Father, we commit this saturate vision to your son, Jesus Christ, who is our living water, who washes clean our sins and makes forgiveness and reconciliation possible. God, we get a brand new beginning through your son, Jesus. God, right now, by your grace, I ask, Father God, would you just, just release a river of generosity in this church so that the nations may know that you are Lord over all? Right now, would you just empower your people, be your ambassadors here in New Jersey and around the world so that your kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven? And all of this we ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said together, 
Amen. Let's hear it for Clean Water Rwanda and what God is doing. Praise God for you, God. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.